0: This audio is brought to you by Muslim Central. Please consider donating to help cover our running costs and future projects by visiting www.muslimcentral.com forward slash donate. Assalamu alaykum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh. wa barakatuh. rahman ar Alhamdulillah, Alhamdulillahi rabbil alameen. We commence by praising Allah Subhanahu wa Ta'ala. As we always say, no matter how much we praise Him, we will never ever be able to do justice to the act of worship known as praising Allah Subhanahu wa Ta'ala. We ask Allah to accept from us whatever praise we engage in. And each one of us needs to become more conscious as to how much praise we are engaging in so that we can increase it not only by mouth but even through our actions. We send complete blessings and salutations upon Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam, the one who brought all the goodness to us. We ask Allah to bless him and all his household, his companions and we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to bless every single one of us and to grant us goodness. Brothers and sisters in Islam, it is indeed once again a very great honor to be in the house of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala speaking about something that would remind us to become better believers, better Muslims, better people in general because if we were to follow the laws set by our maker, we would automatically become much better people. In the past I have spoken of the qualities of the believers, those who truly believe in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And we made mention of verses of the Qur'an that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has described some of the qualities. Today I want to make mention of a few more qualities mentioned in a different part of the Qur'an, the opening verses of Surah Al-Mu'minun. And perhaps how we are to look at this there are many angles from which we can learn lessons by the verses of the Qur'an. And therefore, whatever we say is not necessarily the only angle that it should be looked at. When Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala describes success, in the opening verse, قَدْ al-mu'minun," Indeed, successful are the believers. If we are to stop there for a moment and ask ourselves, in my life, what do I think success is? Let's be honest. If I am to say success, I think immediately of certain things. What are those things? Is it wealth? Is it a nice house? Is it a beautiful car? Is it a lovely wife and children? Perhaps multiple wives? Allahu Akbar. Look at all the smiles on the faces. Mashallah. Allah bless us all. What is success? Ask yourself and be honest. What do you think success is? So Allah says, Successful are those who believe. Yes, we all claim to be believers. So Allah does not stop there. He continues making mention of the qualities of these people so that He can guide us. Because my brothers and sisters, the weakness we have is we consider success based solely on what is material or what is found in this world a lot of the time. So shaitan comes to us and makes us forget that success sometimes can be achieved even if you have not got what you want or desire in this particular world. This is why this afternoon we made mention of how some people are very poor or some people might be downtrodden, yet they will be entering paradise before the others. There is a great possibility. So we need to fine-tune the issue of success divided into two. One is success in this world and one is success in the life after death. And if you have both, then we say, nurun ala nur, You know, light upon light. You have both, mashallah. You have success in this world. You have beautiful children, a lovely house, and mashallah, good health, perhaps good looks, a beautiful spouse, and mashallah, you may have a lot of wealth and you are able to do so much. We will say Alhamdulillah. And if you are also a person who is preparing for the Akhirah in a very big way, whereby you can take heed of what Allah has taught us in the Quran, you would definitely be able to smile on the day of judgment when Allah calls you out. As being from amongst the categories of those who have special treatment on that day. There are many ahadith which make mention of special treatment on the day of Qiyamah. And I'm sure we would know some of these ahadith such as the hadith of the seven categories of people, and this is a common hadith, who shall be granted the shade of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala on that day when it will be needed the most. Pausing there for a moment again, Allah has sent to us a guiding light in the form of a messenger, Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, who was a human being like myself and yourselves, obviously much more virtuous, the best of creation, he was chosen as a Nabi. He was chosen as one who would deliver the message. He delivered it and he accomplished the mission. This is why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala speaks about how the religion is perfected. Al-yawma akmaltu wa atmamtu alaykum wa islam When Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala declares that on this day I have completed my gift upon you or I have perfected the faith, the deen that I have sent down, the way of life, all the instructions are made clear and my gift upon you is complete. I have delivered it to you and I am pleased at that. If you were to submit, you will definitely attain goodness in this world and the next. So, the Qur'an we have is the miracle of this Ummah. Don't be mistaken. Always remember that. We see the Qur'an, we should know this is a miracle of the Ummah. How is it a miracle? It is a miracle in every single aspect of its existence. Because it is the word of the Creator. Subhanallah. For us, my brothers and sisters, it is important to know two things amongst many other things. One is, Why was the messenger sent? Do you know? You need to know. Why did Allah choose to send messengers? So some people say, well to guide us, to take us out of the darkness, and to guide us to the light and so on. That is part of the answer. Yes. Some people would say, as a mercy to mankind. Yes, that is part of the answer. It's all included. The messengers were sent primarily to show us how to worship Allah. The messengers were sent to... To show us how our creator wants to be worshipped. This is why when I read Salatul Maghrib, how am I supposed to read it? Can I choose my own way and style? No. I need to make sure that I go back to the teachings of the one who was specially sent as a gift to me to show me how Allah wants to be worshipped. And this is why we always speak of innovation. You know, some people get upset when you tell them this is an innovation That is an innovation. This is wrong. That is wrong. They get upset. Do not get upset. Because the whole purpose why the messenger was sent sallallahu alayhi wasallam was to lay it bare to you and I as to how to worship Allah. So I cannot choose and decide how the acts of worship shall be. But Allah decides that this is how you will worship me. So that is one point we need to understand and realize. Never insult the messenger, may peace be upon him, by indulging or engaging in something that is considered a direct act of worship that has not been taught by him. It cannot be an act of worship. Like we've said in the past, if a person stands in the heat on one leg with the other hand facing the sky and says, I love Allah so much and I just want him to notice me. Is that fair? Is that good? It would be considered foolish because... Not only is it an innovation, but it is harmful to the health and it is something unacceptable. So brothers and sisters, we need to alert ourselves at all times, at all times. What are we doing in terms of acts of worship? Did we learn a page from what we were supposed to be learning? Have we taken from the life of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa Have we understood his entire mission? If not, We have a lot to learn, my brothers and sisters. And then we look at the second point and that is the Qur'an itself. A lot of us use it as a book where we only soothe ourselves through its recitation without pondering deeply over its verses. And this is why Allah asks a question to all of us. Although the question was from the time of Quraysh, more than 1400 years ago, the question is for me and you. (laughs) أفلا يتدبرون القرآن؟ Are they not going to ponder deeply over the verses of the Quran or over the Quran itself? Ponder deeply. We are living in this world. We all have crises. The solutions to those crises are definitely revealed already, but sometimes we've been too lazy to go through. We've been too lazy to look at. We've been too lazy to ponder over. We've been too lazy to attend. We've been too lazy to make time and so on. So we never knew that there were solutions yet. We've read so many other books in our lives. Take a look at the novels that people read. Take a look at the story books that people read. Take a look at the economic books that people read. Yes, economic books. The books that will make you wealthy perhaps, maybe. What about the wealth of the akhirah? What about the goodness of this world and the next? We need to understand and realize Allah has sent a book as a gift. If you don't understand a verse, make sure you make it clear with those who know. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us goodness. So the book that is in front of us is a book that is a gift for me and you to look into, to read, to recite, to try and understand, to put into practice and to convey to others. This is why Allah says, قَدْ al-muminun." Successful are those who believe. The believers are the ones who are ultimately successful. So one might say, why is it that on the globe the believers are suffering? That's a good question. It is a test of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sometimes, and sometimes we are being tasted, or we are being made to taste part of what we deserve because of our abandonment of what has been revealed. That's what it could be. So there are many reasons. It's a test from Allah. Allah did not promise you that if you are close to me, I will not test you. The one who has had the most tests from all of us was the most beloved, Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, to the degree that Allah says, "Inna Allaha This is a hadith of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Obviously these words are the words of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, but the message is from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. When Allah loves a slave of his, a worshipper of his, he tests him. So you have bigger tests. You have this problem, that issue. Don't worry my brother. Don't worry my sister. A day will come when you will be floating in paradise. Allahu Akbar. Floating in paradise. Why? Because you endured what Allah placed in your direction. May Allah create ease for us in this world as well as the next. There comes a time when your health will begin to fail you. Whether you like it or not. There comes a time when you will lose that life of yours. Whether it is today or tomorrow, that day is definitely coming. That means, if people who are left behind, consider it a huge catastrophe and a calamity, that you have died, it would mean they have not understood that it's the only way that you can actually get to paradise. Everyone wants to go to paradise. No one wants to die. Have you thought of that? Who wants to go to Jannah with a show of hands? Let's see. Okay, I won't ask you who wants to die. Allahu Akbar. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make it easy for us the day we go. And may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala bless every one of us and grant us paradise. Brothers and sisters, even if we don't know one another, we love one another for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The only thing that unites our hearts is the message of Allah and the deen of Islam. And the iman that inshallah we are trying our best to keep flickering until the day we meet with Allah. Subhanahu wa ta'ala. So I am curious to know who are these successful people that Allah is describing. He says successful are the believers. <laughs> One of the qualities of these true believers are they are the ones who are in their prayer. Engaged in concentration They have much concentration in their prayer Dedication in their prayer Khushu'ah is a combination of many English words put together Like I said last night English does not qualify to translate the Arabic language But there are certain words that are close So we use them Like I've given the example of prayer Some people say salah is prayer And some people say dua is prayer Salah is a special type of a supplication Which the English language does not have just one word To translate But it would require a whole paragraph to explain May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala bless us So if salah requires a paragraph What do you think the term khushu' 'ah requires in that salah? May Allah grant it to us It is a combination of concentration Dedication Focus Humility Humbleness, for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. How many of us have a problem whereby it is when we say Allahu Akbar that all our problems come to our mind. We start thinking of this, we start thinking of that, we think of how quickly we need to go today, later on somewhere, we think of how long this imam is taking, we think of so many other things. It is reported that a man once, and obviously this is a story, I don't know whether it is accurate or not I just need to make mention it's an example it is reported that there was once a man who told the imam you have read only three raka'at but the rest of the masjid did not know and it was salatul isha so they asked him they said no can't be and he said no I'm 100% sure he says what do you mean the rest of the people they said we don't know because everyone kullun fi falakin yasbahun you know everyone is in their own rotating in their own orbit subhanallah may Allah protect us all so what happens? The, the, he said, I have four businesses, and I, make my, I take my account in every raka'ah for one of those businesses. Today, I only completed three. There's one left. If this is accurate, it shows us how poor. In our lives, that is not an example that might happen. No. But it shows that all of us have some form of an issue. When we say, Allahu Akbar... If someone were to poke you, you should not be able to feel it. That's how it is. If someone were to try and distract you, your mind is plugged in with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. It reminds me of electricity. When you plug that plug into where it is supposed to be going in the socket, and you turn it on, and the electricity is coming at 220 volts, nothing will distract it. It will go wherever it is conducted. So much so if you were to put your finger there You get sucked into it so badly That you become charcoal May Allah protect us We are supposed to be plugged in with Allah When we are reading salah Such that we are communicating with Rabbul Alameen At more than 220 volts More than that We are weak So someone might ask How can I achieve that? I am trying I am trying I'm sure we are all trying to achieve that How can I achieve that? So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says وَالَّذِينَ هُمْ لِلزَّكَاةِ فَاعِلُونَ Allahu Akbar In fact before that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says قَدْ أَفْلَحَ الْمُؤْمِنُونَ الَّذِينَ هُمْ فِي صَلَاتِهِمْ خَاشِعُونَ وَالَّذِينَ هُمْ عَنِ اللَّغْوِ مُعْرِضُونَ Those who turn away from that which is futile. you know what is laghu? Futile. Unnecessary, unimportant. If it is bad, we must be very far from it. But if it is unnecessary, we should reconsider our involvement in it. If you want concentration in salah, you need to cut out unnecessary activity and thoughts and deeds and so on. You need to cut out that which is not necessary. Today, we have less and less concentration in Salah because we have more and more distractions. So if I have so many distractions in my life, I will have less concentration in my prayer. Today we have WhatsApp, we have Blackberry Messenger, and soon we will be having perhaps a Redberry Messenger as well. Because there are more red berries on the globe than there are Black. Have you thought of it? One wonders why they started with that one. But we have so many distractions of the computer and the social networks and also the people and the beautiful stuff that we see around us. The cars are being updated. The phones are being updated. The facility in the houses are being updated. So I am working towards getting a new Ferrari, for example. Not because I come from Harare, like I said the other day. Subhanallah. And I am working towards perhaps updating and upgrading my house, maybe my kitchen, maybe the bedrooms, maybe the the bathroom and so on. And I'm so involved in that, that when I come to salah and I say, Allahu Akbar, where will my mind be? Subhanallah. I'm not saying don't update. But don't become unnecessarily indulged and involved. Where your life rotates around things that are not primary. To be honest with you, you have your children, they are primary. You have your family, they are primary you have your basic needs that's primary but that can become secondary when you indulge to the degree that you give them preference over allah so allah says ya amanu la amwalukum wa la auladukum an o you who believe do not allow your wealth and your family to to distract you from the remembrance of allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Don't let them make you oblivious. Why? You have a duty towards your family and you have an obligation to earn kasbul halal, to earn that which is permissible and that which is pure. It is your obligation. You need to survive in the dunya. But don't allow it to overtake the link with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. No way. In that case, you will lose this world and you will lose the next. Because the dunya is always faster than you are. If you are driving at 220 kilometers an hour, without talking of all the speed traps I saw today, if you are driving at 220 kilometers per hour, the dunya will move at 240. When you get to 240, it will be at 260. When you get to 260, it will be at 300. You will never ever reach the climax. Never, in terms of the dunya. Have you thought of it? So this is why, if you are not happy with what Allah has given you and content, you will lose concentration in salah because your mind will be involved in that which you are never going to get anyway. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala keep us content. This is food for thought. We need to think about it. I want to concentrate in salah it is one of the highest things that I can have Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa once said and we were taught this that one of the first things that will be taken away from this ummah is that you will enter a masjid of jamaah a masjid where people are reading congregation and not even one of them will be concentrating it's a sign yushiku and tadkhula masjid fala tara fihi rajulan khashi'a there will come a time when you will enter a masjid. House of Allah. People will be concentrating about things besides Allah. Why? All these distractions. For many reasons. One of them is the distractions we have. So, anil Those who can turn away from unnecessary items, futile, that which is a distraction in your life, stay away from it. Cut it out. In that case, you will be able to achieve so much more. I can give you a few examples. Some may like it, some may not like it. Some people concentrate on sport so much that they know more about sport than they know about their own religion. So if I were to ask some of the young people, name me 12 of the footballers, they'll name you 12. They'll tell you, uncle, 12 is too little. I can name you 24. Even the reserves sitting on the bench and the coaches and the managers and their girlfriends. Astaghfirullah. Some of the people will tell you this because they are so involved. They will tell you the scores, the teams, who won what, where they won, and so on. But they won't be able to tell you about Badr, and Uhud, and Khandaq, and the Sahaba, they won't even name 12 of them. And they won't even know the top from amongst them. If we were to say, who are the Ashara? They won't even know, what is the Ashara? They won't even know, who are the 10? Name them. Wallahi, some people know, people they are not supposed to be knowing, or people that they could have known, let's not be that bad, people... They could have known but as a secondary point of knowledge, not primary at all. Something that will come afterwards, later on. Firstly, we need to know something much more important. This is why, you know, a few days ago, one brother was telling me that my children are involved in cartoons. Now cartoon is a distraction. And you know, it keeps them quiet but I am noticing what you told us that you know, it makes them act upon what they see. So Tom and Jerry are fighting all day. Right? So this is why they are fighting big brother and small sister. Fighting all day. So he said, what's the solution? I said, brother, you know the solution. Why are you asking me? You know the solution. But, something came to my mind at that time and I want to share it with you because it's very interesting. Imagine for a moment, this is maybe unimaginable or some people who might be involved in the industry might try to look into it. Imagine for a moment if there was a cartoon. And the reason I'm saying this is because there are cartoons that distract our children and we cannot sometimes get them off it because it was our fault to start them on it and hook them on it at the same time. When mothers think that, no, the best way to keep my child silent, just plonk them in front of a television. I use that word purposely because that's exactly what they do. They just dump them in front of the TV. And they they say, my son is very good. He is being educated, my sister. He is being educated by what? By something you would not like to educate him. But you don't realize just because he is quiet does not mean he is going to be a successful child. Remember an effort is required from you my parent upon your child. May Allah protect us. Make us from those who can make time. Let's take a look at what I was saying. So because it has such a big impact. It makes them fight when they see fighting. It makes them dance when they see dancing. I thought for a moment, what if one day Jerry had to open the Qur'an, even the non-Muslim children would open the Qur'an. What if one day Jerry had to read salah, and he had to cut the fighting and say, guys, it's time for salah, let me read salah. Imagine what our children would do. Turn off the TV, go and read salah. Look at the impact of the television on your child, my brothers and sisters. My mind has raced because... Ideally, it would be best if we could abstain completely. But who is abstaining? Let's be honest. So what is the solution? Somehow, somewhere we need to come up with some alternative that we can market to the globe such that even the non-Muslims when they are watching it, they think to themselves, you know what? We need to stop for a moment and open revelation. Why? That's where we will get guidance. Why couldn't the fathers think of those type of things? They only thought of fighting and of picking on one another. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala protect us. So Allah says, when you give up that which is futile, you will be able to concentrate on your salah. When you concentrate on your salah, you are most likely to be one of those who are considered the successful because that's a quality made mention of. And let's take a look at the next part of the verse. Where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, hum So after He makes mention of the issue of abstaining from unnecessary activity, اللغو, And anil He says, Zakat, my beloved brothers and sisters, is divided into two major categories. People might think those who give out their zakat that's a part of it, definitely. Those who give out alms to the poor, those who are considerate of the others, so they are compassionate. And so they reach out to others in terms of charitable deeds. Both that which is compulsory and that which is voluntary. Don't just stick to that which is compulsory. That is still called a bit of stinginess. May Allah protect us. Only compulsory? Why don't you give more? Only compulsory is not even yours. Because it is Allah's. He told you that, listen. This percentage belongs to me. All I want you to do is to give it away where I ask you to give it. Like someone comes and give you 20 dirham and tells you, Look my brother, this is so many dinar or dirham or whatever it is. Take this and please give it to that man. Is it yours? It's not yours. It is an amana. So Allah tells you, I will give you a million. But on top of that, I'm going to give you another 200,000 or 25,000 for example. And that 25,000, I'd like you to give it to that person or this person. And we still find ourselves, No man, it's hard for me to calculate that. Let me hang on, let me recheck and so on. And you know what? It might be 24.9, it might not be 25. What is the reason we do this? Let us give out more. Say, Ya Allah, yours 25. But I want to give out more, another 25. Here goes, 5%. Subhanallah. It's just food for thought. Something to think about. So, zakah would include, yes, giving, but it also includes what is known as tazkiyatun nafs. To cleanse your soul of bad qualities. That is what will make you a person who can abstain from what is futile. Remember, we are going in order. The verses are miraculous. They are coming down in order. Allah is telling you successful are the believers, those who concentrate in their salah, those who abstain from that which is futile, so one leads to the other. Are you noticing? You want to abstain from that which is futile. Do you know what is required? Clean your heart. Cleanse your deeds. Cleanse them thoroughly. Remove hatred. Remove ill feeling. Remove jealousy. Remove the love of this world. Remove the love of innovation. Remove the love of anything else in your heart that is dangerous and detrimental. Make sure that you are an upright individual. Who has cleansed his or her heart in a way that every day we are worried about the condition of our heart? Ala, This is a powerful narration we should all be knowing of by heart. It is an agreed upon narration narrated by An-Nu'man ibn Bashir, common name Razi May Allah bless all the companions of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam. They carried the details to us. So he says, Behold, in this body there is a piece of flesh. If it is pure and good, the whole body will be pure and good. And if it is bad and evil, the whole body will be bad and sick or evil. Behold, that piece of flesh is the heart. So I need to cleanse mine, make it pure and good. So that I can be a person who can deliver correctly. I can be a person when I come in for salah, everything else is behind. Allahu Akbar. I've forgotten the whole world. I'm now on a new level. Try that my brothers and sisters. In order to achieve that, we would need to cut out unnecessary activity. When we talk of unnecessary, does haram have a place? Not at all. No, not at all. So, if you are supposed to stay away from that which is futile, what do you think is supposed to be your connection with that which is totally forbidden? Absolutely no connection. May Allah forgive us. May He grant us strength. Like we say, there is a turning point in everyone's life. Brothers and sisters, if you don't turn, there are others who are turning. If you are going to turn away, we will replace you with others. They won't be like you. We have seen this with our eyes. Reverts to Islam are sometimes more serious about the deen than born Muslims. I'm sure you are witness to this. Why? They have seen the dark side. They are now on the light. They are so happy, so glad, so thankful to Allah for having shown them the light that they cling on to it. May Allah make us steadfast. May Allah make us from those who can appreciate. Brothers and sisters, why is it that when we see the evil, we think to ourselves, I'm still young, let me go and test out and check out. You know, when I grow old, perhaps I'll decide to dress appropriately or not to go. No! You may never see that age. There are people who've died early. Death is not a doom, nor is it a catastrophe. It's a gift of Allah. He takes you to a new level, to a life that will have no death after it. That's a gift of Allah. But we need to prepare for that. It could come at any time. So let us not be replaced by others. And this is why it's important for us to cleanse our hearts for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Love one another. When you hold hatred, it has much more weight on you. Not only spiritually, but your health is affected. When you have hatred for someone, you see them, your shoulder muscles tighten. I'm talking of a medical, physical aspect. Why hold the hatred? Release it, take it out. So what? You want to stay away from one or two people? Stay away from them. Yes, if you hate something for the sake of Allah, it is correct. You might hate a habit. You might hate this and that. Because Allah has made it haram. But the individuals are always what I would term mahallat al-da'wah. Which means, there is a person who might, for example, be having bad habits. He could be my platform for propagation. Because my aim is, if I can talk to him in a way that he can eradicate those habits, I've achieved Remember this, it's broad-mindedness. It's thinking in the correct way. Where you see someone engaged in evil, ask yourself, you hate that evil. What about the person? You want to bring them closer. Allahu Akbar. That's the attitude. That's the attitude. So this is why we say, when we have the, the quality of anger and temper for anything and everything, it is a burden on our shoulders. We will be able, or what will happen to us, it will affect our health our blood circulation, it will really make us people who are unhealthy from a physical aspect as well as from a spiritual aspect. It's even worse. When a young man came to Muhammad and asked him a question, give me some advice, concise. He says, "La Don't get angry. He says, I need more advice. He says, don't get angry. I need more advice. Don't get angry. Imagine, you are asking the best of creation for advice. What was one going to expect? And he keeps on repeating, don't get angry. The message is for me and you as well. Don't get angry, my brothers and sisters. Anger can actually kill you. When we tell people it will take away your life, they say, okay, let me calm down, calm down. You know, blood pressure and so on. You need to sell the product today materially. But when you tell them it's a deen And it's a religious instruction. They take a bit of a while still to follow it. This is why when I describe sajda to some of the youth, we always talk about the medical benefits of sujood. Do you know? You have high cholesterol, sajda will help you. How? It's the only position that one can comfortably get into. Whereby the brain is lower than the heart. So that it is gravity that will push the blood, oxygenated blood to the brain. Thereby going to the rest of the organs In such a way That it is effortless Whereas if you are to stand up An effort is required to pump that blood up Amazing Subhanallah Are we ready to spend a little bit more time In sujood brothers and sisters? Even for your health? Allahu Akbar May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Grant us goodness When Allah dictates something It's always beneficial for us Our health Our goodness Our spirituality It's a package So we need to surrender to it And ask Allah to grant us goodness so we have already reached a point where Allah Subhanahu wa Ta'ala speaks of zakat. Wal ladheena hum liz zakati fa'iloon wal ladheena hum li furujihim illa ala azwajim aw ma malakat aymanuhum fa innahum ghayru maloomin faman ibtaghara wara'a dhalik fa ulaa'ikahumul aadoon now Allah is speaking about the qualities of those same people who are successful. We're coming down one after the other. We spoke about how important it is to cleanse the heart and how important it is to rectify our condition. And Allah says, They are those who protect their private parts. Direct language is used. الَّذِينَ <laughs> Direct clear cut term Allah says They are those who protect their private parts They protect their chastity We would call it This is why Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam once Was addressing a gathering Do you know what he says? He says مَن لِي مَا بَيْنَ لِحْيَيْهِ وَمَا بَيْنَ Whoever guarantees me two things I guarantee him paradise Only two things what are those two things? I want paradise, you want paradise. He says, you guarantee me the correct use of what is between your cheeks, meaning your tongue. And what is between your thighs, meaning your private parts. If you guarantee me the correct use of those two, I guarantee you paradise. I guarantee you paradise. This is the saying of Muhammad sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Imagine. So one says, okay, I'll do it, do it. You will achieve paradise. Not as easy as said because sometimes we swear, sometimes we utter, sometimes we lie, sometimes we hurt and our tongues are this way, that way. Have you noticed Allah did not say don't use those two. He says you use it correctly. So Allah has a specific channel whereby you will use these two organs. They are so important that even in this verse or these verses we are reading, Allah describes the successful believer as he who has used these two organs of his in an upright fashion? Here, one is being made mention of in the hadith. And immediately after that, Allah makes an exception to say those who use them upon that which is permissible, their spouses and others that Allah has made permissible for them. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala makes it clear anyone who goes beyond that limit, they are definitely, they are definitely not only beyond the limit. But they have engaged in enmity. They have engaged in transgression of the limit. They will harm themselves. These are warnings from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. If a person cannot control his private parts, how will he be able to cleanse his heart? Allahu Akbar. May Allah protect us. If he cannot cleanse his heart, how will he be able to abstain from that which is futile? If he cannot... Abstain from that which is futile, how will he be able to concentrate in prayer? And if he cannot concentrate in prayer, how will he achieve the success being spoken about? Do you see how we have skittled it backwards? And in order to protect your private parts, look at what the next part of the verse says <laughs> Those who are very considerate. Or those who look after their covenant and their promises. They look after their allegiance. They make sure that whatever they have promised, the covenant that they, are, they have struck towards, the covenant that they fall under is always looked after. It comes first. Amanat. The trust that is laid upon them is number one. The word amana, if I were to translate it, one of the words that I can use is trust. We have been entrusted with this iman. We have been entrusted with the life. We have been entrusted with nikah in the case of those who are married. It's a trust. The spouse have is a trust in your hands. Do you fulfill it? Allahu Akbar. If you fulfill the trusts for Allah, you will be able to fulfill them for fellow human beings. And if you fulfill them wholly, you will protect your private part because that is also a trust from Allah. And if that happens, you will be able to achieve much more as we have spoken about this evening. Then Allah says, وَالَّذِينَ هُمْ عَلَى صَلَوَاتِهِمْ يُحَافِظُونَ The last quality that is being made mention of here, something interesting. Do you know what it says? Those who protect their salah. What's the difference between this one and the first one? The first one is Quality, this one is quantity. So, what is more important in the deen? Quality or quantity? Quality. Allah says the opening verses of Surah Al Mulk I love that verse. We love all the verses, but this one, Allah says. Why He has created death and life? In order to test you. That's the reason why He created death and life. To test you. Who has better deeds? Not necessarily more. Some people come tarawih; they will read lots of raka'at of tarawih, subhanallah, or nafilah, extra salah at night. So many raka'at. But each one of those raka'at is like pecking on the ground. You know? And yet there is someone else who may not have been engaged in so many nafilah, But they have tried their best to concentrate, to read with a lot of concentration. Their sujood is correct. Their sitting is correct. Their tuma'ni,na you know, their calmness is valid and correct. They will perhaps achieve a much greater reward. A person who whips through the Qur'an, that might even be a means of negativity against them. It's the word of Allah. I always say, the word of Allah, read it carefully, beautifully, lovely, clearly. Imagine the news of a country. If you have a channel that is reading out the news, and the news reader reads the news in such a way that nobody understands exactly what they're saying, and they, after a little while they just how would that be? Allahu Akbar. News, they'd be fired straight away. The same minute, they'd block the whole broadcast. They say, you are an insult. Come on. This is the news of our country. You need to read it thoroughly. We know that person will have a lot to answer. What about Allah? You're reading His word. How dare you whip through it and rush through it as though you want to get over and done with it sooner than later. This is our attitude sometimes. It's an insult. Read less, but read it properly. Beautify your voice. Read it lovely. MashaAllah. Enjoy the recitation. It's the word of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So Allah wants the quality of it. It's the quality that He is testing us for yes there is something known as farad we cannot run away from that it's compulsory that you have to have both the quality and the quantity for that may allah grant us goodness but when it comes to that which is extra and excess do that which is good with a good quality remembering that you are the one who is in need of allah ya ayuhan antumul fuqara ila allah Wallahu al Ghaniyul Hamid. O you who believe, Oh O oh, people, in fact, Allah says, O oh, people, you are the ones who are absolutely dependent upon Allah. You need Allah completely for every movement of yours. You need Allah. And Allah is independent of you. He does not need you at all. He says, the next verse, If He wants, He can delete you. Imagine. يُذْهِبْكُمْ He can make you go. Which means He can subtract you. Gone. Out. That's Allah. So Allah is telling us, like I said the verse of Surah Mulk, which I mentioned a few moments ago, do you know how Allah ends it? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says something very very beautiful. He says He is aziz and ghafoor. Which means, He is most powerful, yet he is forgiving. If he wants to punish, he can destroy. But he leaves, he lets go. He still says, okay, it's fine. So this is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And this is the gift that He has bestowed upon us. And He tells us very clearly, in this particular verse, وَالَّذِينَ هُمْ عَلَى Those who protect the number of salah they are supposed to be reading. The term salawat is used here, which is plural. And earlier on the term salah was used, which is singular. Or referring to all the salah. Here what we learn and something primary and brilliant. Your starting point, my brothers and sisters. Your starting point, now you're a mu'min. Now you have repented to Allah. You ask Allah's forgiveness. You've promised Him to be a better person. Alhamdulillah. What would happen? Your starting point, make sure you read your five salah without missing even one. Come what may. Come rain, come sunshine. In our language, come rain, come sunshine. You make sure you are up for Salatul Fajr. You make sure you read your door. That's a starting point. That is the beginning of the path. If that is in order, And you make sure you are punctual on that. Come what may, it will lead to the next step. You become conscious of Allah. You become a person who protects your private power. You become a person who can fulfill all the covenants and so on. Because you are already fulfilling one major one. Then you protect your chastity. You appreciate your spouse. You stay far away from sin. And then what happens? You are a person who can cleanse his own heart because your salah is in order. You will stop engaging in that which is futile. And what will happen? Ultimately you achieve success because then what type of salah you read will come into play. It will become better. The quality of it will increase. So although the starting point might be the quantity, there will come a time definitely when the quality will improve. Remember this. The quality will improve. So inshallah, I hope and I pray that the few words that I've said would be of motivation. I want to show you how those verses end. Allah says, now we've spoken about categories of people, right? So Allah says, al <speaking in the language> Allahu Akbar. They are the ones who shall inherit. They are the inheritors of what? Of the paradise. The everlasting abode of paradise. So if you try... You fulfill your salah. Make sure it's in order. And you move up the ladder slowly but surely. Remember if your salah is not in order, it's going to be very tough to build upon a building that has no foundation. Or a weak foundation. There will come a time when you find yourself dilly-dally. Start off repenting to Allah. Asking Allah to wipe out our sin. And at the same time asking Allah to open our doors. And asking Him to make us punctual on our salah. And remain steadfast. You should weep if you have slept over a salah. You should weep if time has lapsed over a salah and a prayer and you have not fulfilled it. It should be something that should make you cry. You should feel the hurt and you should read it immediately. an The Prophet says, Whoever has mistakenly overslept or forgotten, out of forgetfulness, A salah they should fulfill it as soon as they remember. Stop everything and fulfill it. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala bless us and may He grant us goodness. I've spoken for my time. And alhamdulillah, I have a flight to catch in a few moments. I ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to bless us all and to grant us all paradise. I hope and I pray these few words can have been that of motivation and purity. May we all become people who are steadfast. And I invite every single one of you to spend more time with the scholars of deen in your location in order that you may study the deen and you may improve in it with knowledge. And you may attain the knowledge of the Qur'an and the sunnah of Muhammad sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. There are so many of the scholars who are doing so much hard work. Make use of them and attend their lectures, attend their lessons. And inshallah, you will find great benefit. But if you are not going to make the time and fight your own desires, and if you are not going to sacrifice, you will never be able to achieve. Because achievement comes with sacrifice. Allah says, subulana. Those who struggle and strive to come towards us, we will open our doors of guidance. We will guide them towards our, our ways and our paths. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala accept our struggle. May He forgive us all until we meet again sometime, where and if Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wills, we say, والحمد لله رب العالمين سبحان الله وبحمده سبحانك اللهم وبحمدك نشهد ان لا اله الا انت نستغفرك ونتوب اليك